Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. It's Dallas Travers here. Thanks for tuning in today. This episode is with one of my favorite online business owners. Her name is Gemma Bonham Carter, and she's an online course strategist and digital marketer who has helped over 6,000 entrepreneurs launch and scale their businesses. Gemma helps her clients build scalable, sustainable digital businesses with a long-term vision and effective strategies that work throughout industries, from entrepreneurship, the arts, nutrition, health and wellness, parenting, and more. So today, we're going to talk about courses, how to know it's time to launch your course, the common mistakes that could kill your launch before you even get it off the ground, and Gemma's favorite time-tested launch strategy. So whether you're chomping at the bit to get that course of yours out in the world immediately, or you just know that a course is somewhere in your future, you will love Gemma's simple, data-driven approach. So let's talk about courses, shall we? Here's Gemma Bonham-Carter. Hi, Gemma. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Hi, Dallas. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and I'm assuming it's one of yours too because you are an expert in this area, and I'm really excited to learn from you today. So let's talk about courses, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Before we get into any of the nuts and bolts, I want to call out this myth that is prevalent in the online space, which is this idea that you can design a course, snap your fingers, and suddenly have this six or seven or eight figure business. So being an expert in course creation, can you dispel that myth and really set our listeners up for success by talking about what it really looks like to be a successful course creator? Absolutely. And I think this is such a great place to start because that narrative really is present in all different kinds of bubbles of uh, in the online world. And this idea of like, yeah, being able to set something up and then go live your life on a beach and just collect passive income all day, every day, just really isn't the reality of what running this kind of business looks like. However, that's not to say that this isn't an incredibly powerful business model and that you absolutely can add this as a really amazing revenue stream into your business. And what I often see is that people add in this revenue stream, usually when they've already been working with clients one-on-one, and it's a way to add in a revenue stream that's like a one-to-many type of offering that allows them to create maybe a bit more leverage mm-hmm. in, in what they do. And maybe down the line, their whole business shifts. And so everything is delivered in that online course group program type of model. And sure, maybe one day there is a seven figure business here. And like, it doesn't, you know, it it can be run on maybe a more part-time type of schedule. But I think what's really important is to be really transparent and honest about the work it takes to make that happen, about the time in the marketplace that's required for you to build an audience, build brand awareness and get to that place. And just in general, the, yeah, the strategy, the, the bumps along the way, the the twists and the turns. (laughs) Yes. Like the figuring this all out, because it really isn't just a matter of, a one-click install, plug-and-play template that is going to make that happen. And 
let's just open up and have a really clear conversation about what this looks like. Because, and that can be like any business isn't a one click install, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to open up a boutique or a restaurant, or you want to start a one-to-one service-based business, I mean, none of those things just happen with the snap of a finger. And this one doesn't either. Yeah, completely. And I really hear what you're saying and couldn't agree more. There is, your business can grow and it can be as big as you want it to be when you have the strategy and you put the work in, but it's not an overnight, I'm going to launch a course and and that's going to be my life because there's work involved. And I know you're going to highlight some of that today. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to know more about though, your story specifically around the first course that you launched and how you, Gemma, became a course creator. Can you fill our listeners in? Yes. Did I ever think I'd be sitting here and talking as like the (laughs) online course expert? Absolutely (laughs) not. So I, not to go on too long about this, but I did get my start a gajillion years ago in 2010. I launched a blog, which like makes me feel like a dinosaur now talking about that, but it was a home decor DIY blog about our fixer upper home. No intentions of turning this into a business. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward five, six years, I had really turned it into a pretty legit side hustle. I was doing all of these other kinds of side hustles, really kind of figuring out what my groove was. I realized working nine to five in public health, which is what I got a master's in and thought my career trajectory was taking me in that area. Once I had my daughter kind of realized that that wasn't the life I wanted and I wanted to build something different for myself. So I was invited to speak at a national conference about blogging because I had figured out how to really kind of do some stuff when it came to blogging, how to make some money, how to, how to, you know, I launched, I had launched like an online shop that was to do my blog and done all these different things. So I gave this presentation to this group of hundreds of other entrepreneurs. I loved it. And they loved it. And I was getting questions afterwards, people sending me cards in the mail, like saying how great it was, how much they took away from it. And I was like, Ooh, there's something Mm. here. Like I love teaching. If you now, if I now look back at like the breadcrumbs of everything that I've done in my life, it's like, I was always meant to be a teacher. I just didn't really put two and two together because I never wanted to be like a school teacher, but this clearly, I was like, you know, light bulb going off. And so it felt a little bit like I was starting from scratch though, because I had an audience built and I'd kind of gone through an understanding of how to do that, but it was around a totally different topic. So I just started talking about the business of blogging. And at first I tried to really like smash it in with my other brand and blog, thinking that they could all live under one umbrella and was eventually like, oh, okay, this is like a separate thing in and of itself. And just slowly and organically started to grow a bit of an audience around that. In late 2016, early 2017, I decided to launch my first course. And I thought at first it was going to be an ebook. And then I came across someone online who was like talking about courses. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than an ebook. Like, an ebook. Yeah, like I'm going to do this instead. And tried to like follow what I thought were the right way of doing it, which was to create all this content in the entire course before I even knew whether or not anyone wanted it, which is now looking back, not the right way to go about it, but it was a learning curve. And I launched this course about blogging. I made in total a couple thousand dollars, you know, but which seems like not very much, but at the time I was so jazzed about it. I was at home on maternity leave. I was like, Oh my gosh, I just made like a couple thousand dollars just by teaching. And I like 
love creating this kind of content. Like this is crazy. And I just felt so lit up and inspired. And so that was just my, that was my first launch. And then from there, I went on to launch another course that was more niche, more specific. I kind of learned some lessons around Mm -hmm. how to, you know, solve one problem with that course, not try and solve the whole world. Um, (laughs) So I launched a course just about how to launch an e-commerce shop as a blogger. And so like adding that as a revenue stream to your blog. And that really became my first really successful program that I then, I took it to six figures a year. I really understood like how to attract an audience around that topic, how to get students, how to make sure that my students got results, like all of those things and eventually pivoted from there. But that was really like my initial foray into this world. Mm -hmm. I love that story. I love that story so much. So our audience are values-driven coaches. Most of them, they're all aware that online courses are a thing, right? They all have an online course in their future. For some of them, it's right around the corner. And for others, it might be further down the road. Can you walk us through, because I know you do things a little bit differently when it comes to creating and selling that first course. So can you walk us through that piece? Yeah, I think what's really important here is that you don't do what I did, which is going and creating, spending months and months putting together an offer that you think is going to be great, but you haven't actually validated it in the marketplace. And so what I like to do with all of my students now who come through Course Creator School is we come up with you know, we do our market research, we, tra- we talk with our audience, we look at, you know, our own skill sets and area of expertise, we identify that one problem that our course or program should solve, really create a great outline, come up with what that offer is going to look like, make it an irresistible offer, but then launch it without actually having created it. So we know we have the curriculum, we have a plan, we know what it's going to look like, but really going into that first iteration with more of a mindset of this is like going to be a, you know, a group coaching kind of experience with that first cohort of students. We're going to hold our students' hands as much as possible, get them results, create and deliver this program in real time, which for some people can feel really scary, but honestly, it's not as scary as it sounds. And it really can be an incredible way to make sure that you deliver an amazing program for those first students. And do it that way, because then at the end of the day, at the end of that six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever that program looked like, you've done a lot of things. You've built out a whole program, which now you can take and repackage and repurpose and turn it into a more quote unquote evergreen style of program. You've really gotten to know your students, which means that you so understand the stuff that's going on in their head so that you can better articulate what your program is all about. You can better attract those ideal students into your world. You can create better content that's going to resonate with some potential ideal students. The third thing that you've done is you have gotten great testimonials, case studies, feedback, social proof, all that stuff. And those are what is going to be kind of like that golden ticket to making sales so much easier the next time you go and launch this program, because people always want to know, okay, it worked for Dallas, but is it going to work for me? Like, 
I need to know that this is a repeatable process that is going to be beneficial for me. And the testimonials and social proof are the way in which you can demonstrate that. Yeah. I love that you shared this and I want to underscore two other pieces, two other benefits. Number one, it points out the gaps in your process because we're so in our own expertise that things that to us feel like second nature and don't need explanation often do. I remember, because this is how I launched courses too. And the first time I delivered client surge, I'm telling everyone the process for a client-centered sales call and someone raised their hand and asked, so do we say hello first in this conversation? And I thought, yeah, are you kidding me? But I realized, wait a second, everything else is so clearly outlined I, that's a missing piece. So had I just spent months shooting the videos and creating all of the pretty PDFs, I would have had to redo that. And then the other big benefit, tell me if you relate to this one, is if you sell a course and someone signs up for it, guess who now has to make and deliver the course? <laughs> so it creates incredible accountability and gets you out of the preparing to get ready to begin and yes. thinking about your course and actually into serving people and growing your business. Well, that's exactly it. And yeah. the one thing that we didn't mention too is that this truly validates the concept and the mm-hmm. idea. So if you don't go out and get paying students for that idea, yes, we've probably I don't like to say wasted, but like we've spent a bit of time on this concept and curriculum and and offer idea. However, it hasn't been that much time, right? We can, if if nobody bought and we could kind of identify, do some deep diving into like why that was, well, now we can make a shift and come up with another idea, right? Mm -hmm. Not most entrepreneurs don't get it right on idea one. And I'm not just talking about course creators, like product creators, you know, people who open bricks and mortar businesses, like entrepreneurship is a game of trial and error and testing the market. And so you need to come into it with that perspective too. And this is another reason why it's so important to validate the idea properly by getting those paying students in the door. Yeah, that's really important. So let's just imagine I'm in your program and I have this idea for a course. We do all the prep. I throw throw the offer out there and no one buys. What process do you go through, Gemma, to try to pinpoint the why around that? So there's a couple of things we can do. It would depend a little bit on how they launched it, but we can look into, okay, you know, if we launched it, let's say with a very nice, chill, like webinar and emails, let's say that that's the most basic launch plan that we did and no one signed up for the webinar. Well, that's pretty clear that we need to just go back to the drawing board there. And like, we just, it was a numbers problem. We didn't have enough leads Mm -hmm. kind of put up their hand and say, yeah, I'm interested in learning more about that topic. And yeah, it was a numbers, it was an audience problem. Let's say we had 200 people sign up for our webinar. We had 200 then go through that whole sales sequence and no one bought. Well, now let's look at what happened. Was it that nobody showed up for the webinar? Was it that people weren't opening the emails and clicking through? Was it that people did click through to that sales page, but didn't buy? Mm Because if they clicked through to the sales page, they attended the webinar, but they didn't end up buying. To me, that's something with the offer. The offer, there's interest in the topic. Yeah, People have an issue, like a problem that they want solved, 
but somehow your offer didn't align with what they were looking for. If it was that no one came to the webinar, we didn't do a great job of messaging that the value of that webinar and making sure people wanted to show up for it. So there's something that like we can just, you basically need to have this data detective mindset on and look at all the different pieces of your launch. You know, some people will go out and launch a program and they'll do like three Instagram posts about it and send one email and say, well, it didn't work. Well, that it might've just been that you really didn't pay enough attention to creating a launch experience where people could actually come in get nurtured by you, learn some stuff from you and be properly pitched the offer and make a buying mm-hmm. decision, like putting a couple posts out there, that's not going to cut it, right? It's not a launch. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a launch. So the other thing that you can do is talk with people, <laughs> you know, like yeah. whether that means sending a survey at the end of your launch that says, ask some questions about why they didn't buy. Well, let's do that and try and garner some feedback. Let's also maybe the people who signed up for the webinar, or if somehow you're aware of the people who were like circling around and being interested, we'll send them a DM on Instagram and just be like, Hey, Dallas notice, you know, course creator school wasn't the right fit for you at this time. Would you mind letting me know why this wasn't a good time for you to purchase or why, you know, you didn't jump in, you know, I'm just, love to pick your brain or whatever, you, mm-hmm. whatever saying you want to use and just see what they say, because maybe it was that they were very close to buying, but the timing wasn't right. They didn't feel like they could commit to doing the work at this time. Maybe mm-hmm. it was something about the offer. Maybe it was, of course, price is always going to be something that people will mention. And I don't give too much. Yeah. Pay too much attention to that, but look for the other clues. I yeah. think people get really scared to talk to their people and mm-hmm. it can be where a lot of the gold is lying. Completely. I think I've learned more about how to launch or how to create a course with launches that didn't go well Mm -hmm. than with the launches that were successful. But what I'm hearing you say here is, all right, I'm in your program. I did my launch. No one bought. We wouldn't immediately say, okay, start from scratch and pick another topic. We would look at where in the marketing funnel did things go sideways and then for so it's like the topic perhaps it's the messaging it's the actual launch strategy and then the offer and it's, mm-hmm. and it's maybe the audience that's the other one. Audience, it's like right. if you launched kind of too soon you didn't do the pre-work of building a bit of a list of yeah. actual like qualified leads let's go back and do a bit of that work uh yeah. first yeah. I, I tend to have a number that I give people just because people love a black and white. <laughs> so I always say to have at least 200 leads on your email list before you do that launch. Now, that's not to say some people in my program have launched actually before they hit that 200, but it was because they had an existing, let's say, bigger Instagram audience or right. like they had another place where they were creating a community and a network. And I kind of gave them the green light to just go ahead and Mm -hmm. we'll keep working on the list building in the background. But, you know, they were able to have really successful first launches because they just had an audience somewhere. An audience. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, 
where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. What do you think, Gemma, is the biggest mm, rookie mistake when it comes to your first launch? I mean, I think there uh, is a couple of those things that we've already mentioned. I think yes. it's doing it before you have your audience built out. I think the second one is just not giving yourself enough of a launch strategy too. People get really scared about webinars yeah. or going or going live. And they tend to want to hide behind the computer screen and probably build out an amazing program. And they're very thoughtful and thorough in what they teach, but they're really scared to get visible. And you really have to get comfortable with getting visible if you're going to be a course creator, because people do buy from people and they need that connection. They need to feel like they like trust you and like you and want to hop in this experience with you. And yeah, you just need to get comfortable with that. And I see it time and time again with students in my program, like being so nervous about the webinar and then coming off on a huge high afterwards. Completely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think for me, it's not building and nurturing your list, Mm. getting so into the idea of the course launch and their strategy and the content creation that they forget that people need to actually be there to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is really fun. This is really fun. Yeah. So how do you know on that? This is kind of related, but do you have any clear metrics? You mentioned this 200 mailing list subscriber, but what are other ways that I know I'm ready to launch a course? Oh, that's such a good one, but it's such a hard one to answer Mm -hmm. too. I think so the audience one's important, but I think I really encourage people to have worked with clients one-on-one before they Mm -hmm. launch their program. And it doesn't mean you need to be a service provider, but if you're able to do like even one-time strategy sessions with clients, like let's go back to that moment when I launched that course called like my very first one. Oh my gosh, bloop, bloop, (laughs) blog monetization blueprint. I was like, God, what was the name of it? Um, If I had gone and had five one-on-one you know, two, three hour strategy sessions with bloggers out there who wanted to do what I had done, I would have had such a better understanding of where they were at and truly what they needed help and support with, because like my messaging just could have been so much better when it came to launching the program, if I had done that work. And I really didn't understand at that time this idea of having like a success path or a framework or approach to something. I was just sort of like, here are the four ways that like I've monetized my blog. Let me teach you everything I know about those four ways, but it wasn't like a path to follow. So I think I would have 
seen that a lot faster had I done those one-time strategy sessions with clients. And so even if that, if you're sitting there thinking, well, Gemma, I don't, I'm trying to move away from one-on-one, like it's still so important to just do the work now to get the better, like you're going to have success faster with your program. Yeah, completely. And it's going to be easier to design and to sell because you know, your message is really connecting with people because you're using their words. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what about the confidence piece? Like, I guess I want to know, how do I know I'm enough of an expert Mm. or the thing I have have to teach is valuable enough that people would pay for it? There's that, there's that, okay, have a mailing list of 200 and test the message. But what about that inner piece? Yeah, that's, that's such a tough one. And I will say that this is like, I am a very strategic coach, although I don't really call myself a coach. I call myself a business strategist because I'm, I, that's what I, I feel like I do. I see the big picture. I can like give you the steps. I can teach you on all the strategy. The mindset stuff isn't so much my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. What I, I'll say a couple of things. One is that I see this time and time again, like you don't need to be 25 steps ahead in order to teach someone steps one through three, you know, you can be on step five and teach people steps one through three. And actually sometimes you're better at teaching them steps one through three than the person who's at step 25, because you're more relatable to them. You were just there. It is fresh in your memory. You're, you know, you're, it's like, you're, it's more of a peer to peer or like mentorship model, as opposed to this, like, expert or guru or something that we get like really scared about. And I'll just give you an example that I've mentioned before, but like my mother, she's a geochemist. She is very, very bright. She has published papers, chemistry papers that are cited by thousands. She's published hundreds of papers in her career, rose to the top of her career in a male dominated industry and just rocked it. Could she ever help me with my chemistry homework in high school? Absolutely not, because she was 72 steps ahead in chemistry. She could not come back down to my high school chemistry level and help me with it because it was so far removed from where she was. And so a tutor who was in grade 12 when I was in grade nine was a much better fit to actually teach me what I needed to know to get to that next step in chemistry. So that's just a really like simple example of how you actually might be the best person to teach those people on that particular topic. Back to the confidence piece, the question there too is like, if we're faltering, what are some things that we can do to get ourselves on steady ground again and like believing in ourselves and in order to do the thing and get visible and put ourselves out there? There's a couple of things that I've done. Confidence is something that I have 100% struggled with as well. So I can really relate to that. And one is just to anytime that you have helped a client or even just anybody in your business, if you can like keep those testimonials somewhere and have them in one spot, if I go back to the folder of testimonials that I have, if I'm feeling shaky for any reason, just looking through some of those is huge for me. I also think having a really strong support system outside of your, like not just in your business bubble, but like in your life is really important because I can royally screw up in my business, but I still know that I have this like 
people around me who think I'm amazing for all kinds of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And that really bolsters my confidence when I might be having those like shaky moments. Those are a couple of like my personal tips, but I feel like Dallas, you're the, you're the one who'd like have much more to say on this kind of topic. I just, I risk sounding glib with what I'm about to say. And I don't mean it that way. But one thing I remind myself of is if no one shows up to my webinar, no one's going to know that no one was there. Yes. (laughs) And if Two people show up to my webinar, they are going to feel like the luckiest two people on the planet because they have me to themselves. If no one buys the course, that's between me and my Stripe account. No one no one knows. That's right. And then everything for me that I do in my business, I have to remind myself is it's an act of personal growth. Mm-hmm. So if I really align an intention around this is my first launch, right? And my intention is to get through the first launch or I'm testing this or I'm putting myself out there because I'm scared to put myself out there. So the win is the action. It helps me stay a little bit more connected to my heart instead of just protective of my heart. Because if you have an online business and you're protecting your heart all the time, your business is going to shrivel up and die because it doesn't ever see the sun. Yeah. I think that's the, the important part for me is like, okay, if it sucks, I'm the only one who's going to know. So that's, that's I right. can live with that. I can live with that secret. <laughs> and absolutely, I'm, I'm with you on that. And then the other thing, like to take that to like part two yeah. is like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I tell myself too. Like if I launch this and it's like only two people buy, and I don't really want to build out the thing just for two people, like what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to give them a refund they're going to go on their merry way. They're going to think like, oh, okay, well, just wasn't, you know, they're not really going to think anything of me Mm-mm. for buying something and then getting a refund for it. They'll forget 10 minutes later. I don't need to hold on to that. You know, so I always, not to be like a negative Nelly, but like, what is the worst? If I go live and no one shows up on my Instagram, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to go on, I'm going to talk about my thing and then I'm going to hop off. doesn't yeah. matter. And you can even delete it if you want. And you could delete it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there so are just, no emergencies in yeah. online business. <laughs> and no and one's are, thinking about us as much as we are thinking about us. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. So we've been talking about launching and I would love to wrap this conversation up with maybe what I want to ask you, Gemma, is what is your favorite recipe, even if it's mm-hmm. at a high level for a first launch? Yeah. This is a great question because it can get really overwhelming really fast when you start Mm -hmm. to listen to all the launch gurus. And then you think like challenges or video series or, you know, scripted this or going live that and Bonjoro and like all the, all the automations and bots and whatever strip away all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually think what I have seen the most successful, I'm going to give you a really boring answer, but it's be boring works. And the most successful that I've seen both for myself and for literally my entire student body has been a beautifully done webinar. That doesn't mean perfect slide deck. It means showing up, being sincere, offering value and teaching so people can really get a taste of what you're all about and making a great pitch of your brand new program, having some great sales emails that go along with that, that are more thought-provoking style emails or story-based emails or you taking a stance on something emails. These aren't just like doors open, 
right. two hours left, closing cart, list of features. We might need some of those and that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. But the m- more important element here is like taking a stand for what you believe in and what you teach and why you teach it and why it's important that they like why your approach or framework or methodology might be the right one for them. Yeah. And so coming up with that style of content, and then my preference is to deliver that content via email and then whatever social media channel you use. I mean, today, most people are using Instagram. So I just say like, whatever, like start with your emails, write your emails first, but then those can just be repurposed into Instagram content in different formats. And that's it. We don't need to go above and beyond that. That can be the super simple chill live launch. And I would say sprinkle in as much ability for direct conversations as possible. So like in your email, encourage them to hit reply, encourage them to on Instagram, take an action that ends up in your DMs so that you guys can have a conversation in the DMs, right? Like however you can make that happen, especially when you're doing that founding launch, I think the better because you'll just have, I mean, it's, it's like a smaller version of a sales call, right? You can just really Mm -hmm. make people feel heard. You can make sure that their goals are in alignment with this program offer, make sure they're a good fit and just make them feel good about enrolling. So that's a really simple bare bones launch strategy, but one that I've seen work time and time again. And once you get that, and you've got that you've nailed the messaging and your point points of view and all that kind of stuff. Then as you grow and rinse and repeat it, and maybe even use elements of that for an evergreen funnel, you can layer in a lot of those other things. You know, they're yeah. not bad, but you just can't do them all at once. And they're not going to save a bot is not going to save your launch if your message is wrong. So by what I hear you saying is by starting with this very simple is how I launched too, like simple, streamlined, content driven, value driven launch, then you can build on that because that because if that if that won't work, no amount of bonjouros can it can help you right that's right that's right <laughs> and so when it comes to promoting the webinar is your advice the same really rock solid emails and taking those emails and translating them onto your social channels it is that's yeah. that's really it and i think the emails that come before the webinar all those sort of pre-launch style emails i really feel like those actually are 10 times more important than like the emails that you're going to send during the week or two that you have an open cart because you really need to, yeah, just what we were talking about earlier, like putting your foot down and make taking a stand and demonstrating your expertise and your point of view. And people will be very kind of like Mm pre-sold based on that content and then be ready to like make it like listen to you, but make a buying decision on that like on that webinar. Yeah. I signed up for a program last summer and this is not an exaggeration. We were on holiday and I took a break to go and show up to this webinar. I'm like, where's my credit card? I showed up with my credit card beside me because I didn't care what she was going to sell. And I did not care how much it was going to cost. I was in because she did such an incredible job of creating 
connection and illustrating her stance and her approach way before the launch. 100%. I almost felt like I just owed her the money for, from all the inspiration and teaching I had already learned. Right. This, it's, I have a very similar story. I bought into a program just before the holidays, actually. So just like six weeks ago. And it's someone I had followed for a long time. I don't follow him on any channels. Like I just get his emails. I love his emails. They are, I open them always. They are so thought provoking. I knew about his program. It just had never been quite the right time for me, Mm -hmm. but I was actually already thinking that like 2022 was going to be a year when I was going to focus on this topic that he talks about. And he did a, a sort of like a launch. He does sales calls. I didn't need a sales call. He did a live Q&A webinar thingy. I didn't attend that. All I needed were those great couple of emails. The urgency presented itself that like he was, there was a, you know, it it basically, I was already 99% sold on buying the program initially before this launch ever came to be. And then there was like a little extra urgency there. And I was like, Oh, great time to hop in. And that's all I needed. And like, I think we had one back and forth over email. Cause he's someone who really encourages like hit reply. I'll personally reach out. And so I did have one little question. He answered it for me. Boom. I was in, this was not a small low ticket offer. This was in the thousands of dollars. I didn't really even have to. Yeah. I didn't even need any of the stuff, right. Yeah. Just he had done such a good job in his email marketing. Yeah. Okay. So my big takeaway from our conversation, there are many, but what I'm going to really walk away with is your launch, your actual launch matters way less than how you show up and relate and connect with your audience when you're not launching. And if you do that well and thoughtfully and consistently, your launch is just going to be so much more successful. thousand percent. Yeah. Thank you for that. Really, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. This was such a fun conversation. I think we could chat all day. I know. It's, uh, it was such a pleasure to be here. Great. So everyone make sure we've got links to Jenna's Instagram channel and her website in the show notes. Please make sure to check those out and we will see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.